There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Hey, Tom, so it's a great time of year. Kids are getting their jerseys and their equipment package for the season. When my son just got his, and it's awesome. There's jackets, and t-shirts, and jerseys. It's like when you were coaching, did, was that a big thing? Yeah, it was a pretty big deal. You know, I'm here in Greenwich, Connecticut, too, which is a pretty wealthy area. So uh, the parents have no problem. Well, do it, do it too much, I feel for for the kids. But uh, I was coaching all years back, fifteen, 15 years ago. I was uh, had to step in and coach the uh, high school men's team. They'd had some discipline problems the year before, so I'm Mister Hardass coming in there and saved the day. The parents wanted to buy the, the new jerseys. The old jerseys are fine. It's just the parents wanted new jerseys for their team. So, of course, I came in and said, nope, there'll be no jerseys. Man, they, right off the bat, they were not too happy with me. So I come back to the old school, the old, you know, farm boy days. It was just the jersey, as long as it was the same as everybody else's, it's like match. In fairness, kids in Greenwich have a hard life. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not easy. <laughs> I'm assuming you're being sarcastic. Hey, well, you know. In, in some ways, the, the life is hard because a lot of times the parents are so busy. Uh, you see a lot of that stuff where the kids are reaching out for. I've had kids that I coached that was really close with the family and very successful people, uh, but they weren't around with their kids much. You know, nannies bringing them to practice and everything. And then the young boys would act out and they'd come to me and they'd be crying like my father's never around and everything. It felt terrible because you, I would know the father and know that he was really a good man. It's just that they're, you know, you know, when you're in that environment, you're just, that's what everybody does. They go down to Wall Street, work. And, Run hedge funds, but yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm being sarcastic. You're right. Yeah. I mean, they're just different. Problems. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, but you're right. You go to the Greenwich High School, and there's a lot of there's Mercedes and BMWs and everything in the parking lot. The kids are driving to school, so it's a different world. But it's a great time of year. Kids get their jerseys. They yep. you, you know the uh, they enjoy get their package. They get on the ice for the first time. We didn't, Jack, I told you I would do that program with Pure Hockey, uh, the National Hockey League, and the New York Rangers has this thing for three hundred fifty dollars. The kids that can go into pure hockey, they got to register for a little bit. Uh, they go into pure hockey, they fit them for all the new equipment, and then they send it to the kids. And uh, they they're on the ice ten times for that three hundred fifty. So it's a great program. Uh, but I tell you, it's a fun one too because the kids are coming in there. Kind of, they haven't seen the new. They haven't gotten equipment before, so they're like, "What's going on there?" You know, and they got a bunch of people running around. And, and uh, it's it's a great event because when you're done, the kids are just having a blast, right? Like, really, like, mom and dad, this is cool. You just know my buddy Matt Sharkey, who's a listener of this show. He was at, he was pure hockey. That's right. The one at Fairfield, New Jersey, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, Jersey, yes. But it's uh, jerseys are a huge thing. They're big and nice, but they're huge and roller. They do really cool design. My buddy Ed Borowski out in Los Angeles, him and his team—they're all big listeners. But they uh, Hulkamaniacs. They do a they, their jerseys are like Hulk Hogan. Oh, basically his the shirt he used to rip off. Remember? 
Oh, that's with like that, his muscle, his t-shirt. So you can do some crazy cool things with, with design now, and it's it's cool to see, especially in the roller world. They're kind of careful in hockey now, aren't they? They re- they haven't reached out that much and made them that wild kind of jersey. See, in roller, but not ice. Yeah. Ice is pretty traditional. Um, everyone's pretty you know pretty similar, and nobody wants to be too too stand outish. But in roller hockey, everybody just you know it's like go for it, be creative. Yeah. And, you know, well, that is in hockey, right? Especially with kids. It'd be more fun for kids if they have the wild jerseys. Absolutely. You know, so, it is summer. I just, I was on vacation down in Disney, <laughs> which we lost from. We stayed uh, for a couple of days with Christine's sister, Robin, and her husband, Randy. We had a great time staying at their house as invited guests. So I was just going to ask that. Like, you know, we've got a little situation where our buddy, Mr. Larry Mellick's coming to town soon. And he just like invited himself to stay. Like, he, it wasn't like, he really didn't invite, he just like told me that he was going to stay here. And like, you want to stay for five days? And I said, well, you're not staying. First of all, I don't want you here at all. We're going to kill each other. You get two days max, maybe. So I think part of that is you're, you are kind of set in your yeah. way. No kidding. But when you, when I guess when a, a young family moves to a new house, they want people to enjoy the house and spend, you know, spend time with them and be a company. When you're you, you know, you want people to get off your lawn and well, have it. Well, Okay, but like I'm out, I'm out at events. You know me, like I, I'm talking to everybody, you know. So yeah, I feel that this is my little domain. So now I've gone out there, talked to the masses. Now I need to go home and have my private space, live my way. I've got my foods that I eat, I eat my time. It's your safe space. No one's no one's allowed there. Yeah. Well, I I stayed with my sister and uh, down my brother and father down in South Carolina. We all did. It was great. Then we went to Disney, and my friend Chris Coonan hooked us up in a. Uh, Riviera Resort, and that was the first time I'd been to Disney, and we stayed on on the property, and it was awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I took my kids down there. We had the motorhome. We went down there and stayed. Yeah, it's beautiful. We so they were probably, I guess it was like eight and ten years old, something in that range. We went down there one time. I think we stayed at the Corona, Corona Springs. I think Coronado Springs. Thank you. That's what it was. And at all the time we did, de- no, the time we went down with the motorhome, it's so big that they give you a golf cart to drive around all the different places. So uh, we would, this is good parenting right here. So we would uh, get on the golf cart and uh, go over the dude, like dunes, you know, or little hills, like, like hills to them with mountains, but trying to get airtime with the golf cart. Wait, <laughs> you try to do jumps on the golf cart. It's how it's you and how old are your boys at this time? Like eight and 10 years old. Oh eight. man. If, see, if somebody else were doing that, I'd be yelling at them, but there we were doing it. <laughs> Back up. So you're driving down 95 in your, in your RV. Yep. Get to it. Yeah, got the motor hall with the satellite dish in it, bathroom, the whole bit. So we don't have to stop at all. We just keep on driving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, kids loved it. Yeah, we had a blast. They talk about that. And then you go down there, as well as ones they got these slide outs of the motor home, So it becomes bigger once you park it. It's, yep. it's a, like an apartment kind of thing. So we had a blast. We were all over that place. But uh, going down to Disney World was good. Uh, you got you, you just throw all your stuff in there. You don't have to worry about you know getting planes or it's a lot of drive. It was a hike, but uh, again, it's comfortable riding. Um, we had a blast. Man, it's definitely good. a hike, but the kids love it. My kids, oh, yeah. my again, my friend Chris was he's he's been trying to get us to go for like the last. He goes all the time, trying to go for like the last five years. And he's like, I'm telling you, you're gonna go and you're gonna be hooked. That like we're not, we're one and done. And once we came back, everyone was like, all right, so we're going again next year. Right? <laughs> it is good. This, this rule is expensive, but I tell you, it's worth it. There's a, I, I think there's some memories too, right? Like the kids never seem to forget that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Like my son gets to you know, hang out with Chewbacca and take pictures, and we went on. I went on roller coaster. Uh, uh. Chewbacca, right there. But it was like people just thought that they had Chewbacca on the show. No, they, I think they think you got a stroke. Wait, hold on. Tom is doing a Chewbacca. Can you do that again? Have perfect, you seen eh? Star Wars? Perfect. Have you perfect. Seen Star Wars? Yeah, that's perfect. 
or maybe Canada. So people that don't, the, so the, on the podcast, obviously, they don't, they don't have the visual. They're going to think that we actually had Chewbacca on the show. Basically. No, they're going to think you had a stroke. Ah, ah. That's the odds. That's good there. So at the end there, I kind of rolled the R's when we were there. Yeah. At least you think it's good. So keep keep plowing through. Plowing, plowing ahead. Uh, we were talking before the show how I'm trying to do all these imitations and impersonations. Uh, it's all one voice. <laughs> it's all one voice. And now you've got a, a, a Wookiee involved. So there you go. Wookiee sounds like a Scottish Canadian. And there's, a guy, there's a guy on oh, Conan O'Brien or something the other day. He was doing oh, some famous actor, and he was doing it so good. I, said, I want to be able to do that. Like, how do you do impersonations? It's cool. You have, I think you have the gift. That's a guy looked at you saying, how do you play hockey like that? You know, that's yeah, that gift. Yeah, work on it, right? I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be able to work on it, right? Yeah. Maybe I'll do some homework. Like, I'll get on Google and try to figure out how you do impressions. Well, anyway, we had a great trip to Disney. It was it was excellent. We saw we saw family. Um, my brother Damien and his Muckers team in, in Wilmington, North Carolina. They're big fans of the show, so they're nice. they'll and saw some of the you know hung out with them. And uh, they're probably going to be Star Wars fans now too. After that, Chewbacca. We're going to bring them in. We're going to rope them into. Now we, we're crossing over it from hockey to life. Maybe we should try to get some Star Wars characters on the show after they once they hear that Chewbacca. Maybe the real Chewbacca that plays Chewbacca in the movie will want to come on. Well, the first one passed away, but there's a new one. We could, oh. he's Finnish. He's like a seven foot tall Finnish guy, but we could, really? yeah. yeah. Oh. But we yeah. could, we'll see if he, yeah, see if we can book him. So, but, so uh, there, there's a, there are people in Finland that are seven feet tall? There are. And there are people that, he's a basketball player, people in Finland that listen to us. Oh, very nice. We should shout out some of our international um, listeners because we've got a bunch. We have a bunch in Canada, obviously, as you would think. We have what some in Japan. We are Roots Landon. There's a Finnish player we're getting. We, we have we have Finnish listeners. We have we have listeners in Bosnia. We have listeners uh all over the place. We're to Japan, Australia, Inc. the UK. It's pretty cool. Where Roots Landon, he's first there for like he's over here for two months and he wouldn't speak English at all. He could just, we thought he couldn't speak English. We went over to the bar one day and had a few cocktails, all of a sudden he's speaking perfect English. It's like, yeah, there it is. So where's it perfect, right? Yeah. It's like one floor of the cuckoo's nest, right? At the end when Chief Chief can speak perfectly fine, he pretended the whole time he couldn't. Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah. There's another movie like that too. Uh, race cars in it. Um, oh, Moon. God of sixty seconds. God, yeah, God of sixty seconds. There's a one guy, this tough guy, and he wouldn't talk the whole time. At the end, is just like this intelligent guy, oh, you know, talking away, just like me, kind of. Yeah, and you kind of look like Vin Diesel a little bit too. So there's that. There you go. There you go. But yeah, I want want to just send a shout out to our listeners in Sweden, Spain, Japan, Canada, the UK, Bosnia. Germany. Be, wow, that's pretty cool. Be interested to find out who they are. Like, who's in Spain that's watching? It? They're just listening to us. That's great. It's fat. Yeah. Finland. We have people. Have been, no one speaks Finnish, but we have Finnish, Finnish, uh, Finnish listeners. So, thanks for listening. Keep it up. Maybe that's. Uh, I'll, I'll do a Finnish accent. Or that's like. Well, talk like Roots Lennon. Can you do it? Okay, here it is. You can talk. He was just. Wow, that's bad. That's a visual joke. When we. Yeah. yeah I'd, <laughs> we'd edit. We'd edit that. Edit that one. But yeah, and, and we started this off by talking about kids. And today we're going to have a guest on whose who's work and whose mission is to help kids. And it's a great program that they do with Hockey in Harlem. We're going to have Malik Garvin on, who's the executive director of Hockey in Harlem. And he has a great story. Yeah, a lot of passion. I'll tell you, he talks about it. Like, he, you can tell this is not a, a job for him or career. This is his passion. He knows he's making a difference in, in lives. Uh, and we thought that before, how I think hockey, all sports, but hockey is our thing, where it can make such a difference in kids' lives, learning to fight through things. Uh, make decisions, good or bad, be a part of a team. Uh, and 
he they take it to a whole different level uh, with that program. Very often, kids would never never get a chance. It's all inner city kids, so they never get a chance to play. And they really, you can see how it's making a difference in their lives. It make a difference in his life. He came through the program himself, and now he's running this. Great story, and yeah, enjoy this next show with Malik Garver, ice hockey in Harlem. Oh, oh. Hey Tom, we got a we got a really cool show today. We got uh, somebody who's at the helm of one of the coolest organizations in all of hockey. He's a great dude. They put on a wonderful event. They do wonderful things for kids in the New York area. They're legendary, but I think it's 37 years now. We have someone on who did a commercial with you. Well, that's right. Did you, we, yes, we have an ex- the executive director of Ice Hockey in Harlem. We have Malik Garvin on today. Malik, how you doing, bud? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Excited that's to be right. here. Yeah, that's right. We did that commercial with Central Park there, right? At the outdoor rink with the, is it, uh, what's, it, what's the paint company that's a big sponsor? Yep, at Wellman Rink, we had a helmet giveaway this year. Benjamin Moore sponsored brand new helmets for all ice hockey and all participants. Right, that's right, too. You and I both got interviewed, made a little commercial out of it. Yeah. They didn't have a helmet for Tom, though, right? With that big dome? <laughs> that is the truth. That When I played, I they would make a, a liner that was smaller, and I had to sign up a release so that I could use it. And guys would uh, so we get the time. Sorry, we have time your stuff. But guys would take my helmet and they'd put pucks in it like it was a bucket. So yeah, <laughs> funny guys. This is really funny. Where are you at right now, Malik? Where's home for you? Uh, home for me is Harlem. I live in New York City, but I'm currently in Minnesota for a couple oh. weeks. For okay. some. Very cool. And where did you grow up then? I grew up in Harlem. I grew up on One Twelfth Street in Lenox Avenue, which is two blocks away from Lasker Rink. Um, and I often describe it to people. It's like growing up in Canada. I had a rink in my backyard. That's very cool. So you started playing hockey at a young age? Yeah, I started playing hockey at three years old. Um, ice hockey at home didn't have a learn to skate or learn to play program at the time. Uh, my older brother, who's eight years older than me, was always at the rink he played. So I was there literally from day one, um, sort of fell in love with it. Um, skating more than I could walk at, at a certain point, putting on Fisher-Price rollerblades over my shoes and, and just always had to be skating and hockey, hockey, hockey. Cool. Uh, fortunate enough, Ice Hockey in Harlem got me on the ice um, when I was three years old. Co- uh, board president and co-founder, board chairman, excuse me, and co-founder Todd Levy uh, took me out on the first time, took me out on the ice for the first time when I was three years old, and the rest was history, as they say. Oh, that's a great story. That's cool. Yeah, three years old. That's pretty good. It's a good history. I mean, yeah. don't, don't gloss over it because it's pretty cool that Malik went from a participant to being executive director of these, this organization, and it's a great organization. They have such good things. It really is, too. So, you know, I was part of the first event they had when the LA Kings were in town. We went and practiced uh, the outdoor rink there, too. Oh, mm-hmm. man, that was cool. <laughs> I th- we were thinking back, I think it was the former Ranger Pat Hickey I was involved. I think he knew the uh, president of our team at the time, Roy Malarker, and that's how they set it up. And that, that was fun. That was a good, good event. We, we, the ice center. How old are you then? This is like nineteen eighty-eight or eighty-nine, something like that. That was before my time, but it's wow. absolutely legendary. And in the ice hockey home archives, all over. Uh, yeah. Most notably, the kids wearing the bucket helmets that Gretzky and a lot of guys used to wear with, yeah. with no cage, no screws for a cage. Um, just going out playing hockey. Oh man, that was cool too. But we loved it. It was one of those events. You like, oh god, here we got to go with this. And once we got there, it's like, wow, that was a blast. The kids were great. Uh, well, our event that was a lot of fun. So you you grew up playing hockey at three years old, and so did you eventually get, get into a league? Well, obviously, you did. You got into a league, correct? So my hockey journey started with ice hockey at home, and I was three years old. Um, stuck with it. Five years old, I started also playing at Chelsea Pierce. Um, and between the ages of five and ten. 
I was doing both ice hockey in Harlem and Chelsea Piers. Eventually got on a travel team there, um, you know, two or three teams any given year and just making it work um, for the love of the sport. And, and fortunate enough that my mom knew that ice hockey and being in sports was something that would have a positive income, a positive outcome on my life. Um, and, and it did. And it was sort of the carrot for me to do well in school. Um, and, and I ended up having an outcome different than a lot of kids I grew up with simply because of the opportunities that ice hockey provided me in ice hockey. And all. That's yeah. cool. That's really Single mother, your mother, single mother, um, dad passed away when I was young, which is sort of when she, she ramped up the hockey. That's when I started playing all those two or three teams a year just to, uh, stay busy. You know, it's, it's process. It's hard thing to process when you're young, just stay busy, um, and, and see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and like I said, started playing at Chelsea Piers uh, and Ice Hockey Hall, a lot of teams. And then ultimately, I went to junior boarding school in Connecticut, a school called Indian Mountain. Um, thanks to Ice Hockey Hall, which has a relationship with that school. Our board pr- uh, president, J.J. Velez, he's also an alumni of Ice Hockey in Harlem. He was one of the first people to go to this school and sort of a trailblazer for the junior boarding school route for Ice Hockey Hall participants. And we actually have a kid who went last year as a sixth grade um, boarder, um, who's also at the Indian Mountain School. Um, after that, went to Hebron Academy up in Maine for two years, um, the Harvey School for two years where I graduated, um, and ultimately walked on um, to a Division three team at West New England in Springfield, Massachusetts. Wow, that's a great story. That's pretty, oh, wow, very cool. No, uh, it's, it's chasing a dream. Uh, Malik's gloss number one thing. So everyone knows Hockey in Harlem is, is this great organization that puts kids on the ice and gives them exposure, but there's also an academic requirement too. Malik, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So um, circling back, our program is free of charge. So we offer ice hockey and enrichment programming free of charge to kids in the neighborhood who would not otherwise be able to play ice hockey. Obviously, it's a very expensive sport. We break that barrier. We provide equipment, transportation. The kids don't have to worry about anything other than being kids, going out, working hard, and having fun. Um, we offer three enrichment programs. The first one is the Hockey Knowledge Series, uh, which I love and I participated in. Um, new participants, young participants learn everything hockey-related from the equipment to the rules, but also the geography of, of NHL teams and tie hockey and education into one. Um, we also offer a speaker series where people from different walks of life come speak about their career paths, how they got there. Uh, the last speaker we had this year was a man by the name of Ruth Jackson. He grew up in the projects of New York. And he's now an executive at Microsoft and also the author of his own book called Never Far From Home. Wow. Um, so it's all about exposing kids to careers, career paths. Uh, so so they're ready when that time comes. And then last but not least, we also offer a college exploration series, which is um, the intent is to expose our participants to higher education. And so this year we went to Boston College, Long Island University, and Williams College. And these were full-day experiences where the kids got to tour the campus sit in the classrooms, ask students what it's like to be a student there, ask the people on the hockey team what it's like to be student athletes. And and it was really a memorable experience. And, uh, you know, a lot of those trips were great. Williams College, we took the girls there, a nine-year-old girl and a 14-year-old girl separately saying, I want to go here. Um, you know, Long Island University kids went there. I got a call the next day from a parent saying, thank you so much. My son, didn't have his sights set on things like this. He was just thinking about community college and now he's thinking bigger. Wow. That's cool. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What I like is it isn't just about hockey, right? Like you're, you're worried about the person and you could kind of using hockey to help that person grow. That's what I've loved about hockey so much that I learned, my sons have learned that you're doing with your program there. You teach kids that listen, they can't do something at first, but if they work hard enough at it, they can accomplish pretty much anything they want to accomplish, right? So our program in general is about creating better people, right? Like you said, through through this hard work and teamwork and collaboration and working towards a goal bigger than yourself. And for the kids who work hard enough, the hockey will take care of itself. And we have relationships with programs. If they are ready to play travel hockey, we can facilitate that. Um, but we, we've seen um, the outcome for these kids and, and not just the kids I work with now, but the people who came before me. And, and when you ask them about ice hockey in Harlem, the first thing you have to say is ice hockey in Harlem changed my life. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we have a mutual, uh, I think, a, a family that went through the program, the Dawson family. Uh, this is Lance Dawson, uh, friends with the mother and everything. And they, they talk all the time about how much it meant to them, too. And he's actually, uh, Lance is a pretty good hockey player, too. So Yeah, and as you know, Tom, I, I run a roller league, and I have, I think, three alumni of Hockey in Harlem in the league, and they say how it changed their life. You, and you know uh, Felice Cameron and Sean Shoemaker and Hector Martinez. They say how that changed them. And the, the, the thing, the barrier, as you know, is especially in this area, is it's so expensive. Yeah. But just to get... Once these kids, I was lucky enough to spend a day at the camp last year with Malik and Todd and helping the kids. And once these kids get on the ice, they're hockey players. And that's all. Just get them out there, get them the opportunity. And then that love of the game just blossoms. You know, that's a great thing that these guys do. So then financially, then you have a lot of fundraisers where you raise money for all these programs. Yeah. Yeah. So we're an independent 501c3 uh, community-based nonprofit. Um, and we have two fundraisers every year. As of now, we do a Lawyers' Cup every spring, which is an all-day hockey tournament at Chelsea Piers, where um, several law firms come in. They field teams. People work at the firms who play hockey. Um, it gets competitive, but it's for a great cause, and, and we raise um, good money um, through that and the support of those firms. Um, and then we also run our Benefit on the Green every summer, which is an all-day golf and tennis outing um, at Quaker Ridge Golf Club in Scarsdale. 
Um, that one we get, we bring out the stars for it. Kenny Albert was there this year, Sam Rosen. Um, and we honored John Ledecky and the New York Islanders who donated $50,000 to us this year in honor of their oh. 50th anniversary. But more importantly, provided uh, some unique experiences for our kids. A um, couple kids got to be interviewed live during games. Uh, our our 10 new team got to go there, meet Brian Trottier, see his Stanley Cup rings, cheer the cheer, cheer the team on in a, in a uh, sold-out crowd to victory, and then cool. skate on the same ice after. Oh, he did? That's great. And I'll just tell you the commentary around it, which is why I'm so lucky to be in the position I'm in, is to watch this unfold before my eyes. But, you know, a 10-year-old goalie sitting behind me, watching a goalie make a save, saying, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I wish I could do that. And then we get on the ice after, and the same kid saying, I feel like I'm in a real professional game now. And that's that's what it's all about. And those experiences and wins and losses happen, and playing games are all part of it. But we aim to create positive experiences around hockey um, in any capacity. Uh, That's very cool. Really cool. Yeah, I was there uh, probably three years ago, did the auction with Kenny Albert. That was a blast. Well, you know, know, it's a great thing, though, too, Tom, is at, at the event. And I was lucky enough to go to the event this year. They had all three teams in the metro area represented. You had Grant Marshall was there from the Devils. You had John Tonelli and Ledecky from the Islanders. I think you had Mike Richter and, of course, Sam and, and Kenny were there. Yeah. The Rangers. So all teams are in, involved in this and are all helping out this great organization. Right. So if people want to donate money to their, can they go to your website to donate money? Yes, people can go to our website. We have a big button that says donate now. Um, there's no amount that's too small, too big. As um, some people may know, our home rink, Last Rink, has been closed for the past two years. Um, undergoing renovation and it'll be closed at least for one more year Um, with that closing we have found ice time uh, but we're facing exponential ice time and transportation costs Um, and as of now our kids are only skating once a week Um, the new york city ice hockey scene is just booked up that's that's the simplest way to say it every rink has their own programs and they run late but we're very fortunate enough um, rinks like loman rink and world ice rink in queens uh, have supported us in our mission and found ice time for us and our kids and families make it work and our and our, our coaches as well i will note that we have over 50 volunteer coaches that are the backbone of our program um a lot of them with college college uh playing experience some high school um people who want to see the game grow and who want to have an impact on kids lives and understand um what we talked about before that simply playing ice hockey can make you a better person. That's cool. Very cool. So obviously money is the thing that's needed the most. Can people donate their time or other things? Yeah. How would someone volunteer to coach? Sure. So, so people can reach out to me directly to volunteer to coach. Um, my email is also on the website. We're always looking for volunteer coaches. Um, but also in that enrichment programming, um, that we talked about, you know, people who want to get involved and teach our hockey knowledge series or do a segment on hockey statistics, things like that. We can get creative, uh, other areas that we are looking to expand and improve on our mentorship so having mentors for kids tutoring and homework help um things like that so it it doesn't it's not we're an open book so to speak in terms of how people can get involved we have a lot of ways we have a group of 175 amazing kids who are who are sponges looking for things and taking things in and and seeing what's next and along their journeys and with the kids then if they want to be part of the program there's an application process they have to go through Yes. Yeah, so to be a part of Ice Hockey in Harlem, participants have to live in Harlem to find this 110th Street to 155th Street from river to river, east to west. We serve predominantly low-income families of color, but we are a very diverse program, and I take pride in saying that we're arguably the most diverse program in the tri-state area, if not the country. 
Um, again, our program's all about getting people on the ice who wouldn't otherwise be able to play ice hockey. Oh, very cool. Very cool. I like that. Uh, I remember thinking back, that was at that first event that we had back when I was playing with the Kings. And I said, man, what a great idea. Like to, to think of that and come, it's all an effort, right? So, and so you started, I saw you were three years old. How old are you now? Today is my 31st birthday. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. I knew that. That's why I asked. I knew it was your birthday. <laughs> yeah. 31st. Matt, so you've always been that. Since you were three years old, you've been either part of the program as a player or now in involved in running the program. So I've been a part of the program either as a player or as a representative of a lot of my hockey journey, my professional career, and now in this role. So I graduated um, West New England with a dual degree in accounting and finance. Uh, found myself on Wall Street after college, uh, working for a wealth management firm. Did that for a couple of years between Wall Street and Westchester. Um, and then I saw a post for a job called Bronx Across, which was a startup nonprofit teaching kids lacrosse and helping them with their homework. Um, I always had my eye on running ice hockey in Harlem from a kid. Um, and I knew that I needed nonprofit experience and getting into a startup like that. I was their first hire. I was able to be a part of every single thing that they did day to day. Um, and also pushing into the classrooms, helping those kids directly and seeing the impact that it had. Um, and I, I jumped and took that job knowing my experience and the impact I saw in the Holland had on me and, and having a chance to pay it forward to a, to a group of kids. Um, and I was there for two great years. Um, and I was fortunate enough that, Three years ago, something before Ice Hockey in Harlem called and they said, um, you know, we're looking at how are you interested? And it's it wasn't even a question. I was waiting for that call, yeah. waiting for that call my whole life. Um, and and I came out as a program director during COVID, during a very tough time for us. Um, our kids were skating once a week with masks on. We could only have 25 people on the ice. We couldn't play games. We couldn't go on trips. Uh, but like I said, our families made it work. They came, they stuck with it. Our community stuck together and we got through it together and we've only grown since then. That was the last year that we were at Lasker. The next year, um, Lasker closed. We actually operated out of three different rinks. We were out of World Ice Rink in Queens, City Ice Pavilion in Long Island City, and Woman Rink. Um, and we've since consolidated to two rinks. Uh, you know, after that year where we couldn't watch trips or anything, we were able to practice and play games, but we still couldn't really go visit colleges and things like that because of COVID protocols. And I would say that this past season was our first normal year since COVID, where we were out and about doing everything. Um, and we ran our OSAR camp, um, as, as Tom mentioned. So we ran our second one this year at the Harvey School. It's a week-long camp. Um, the Harvey School is an hour north of New York. It's, it's in the woods. Our kids get to run around on a grass field all morning, eat a hot lunch, and then play hockey for three hours in the afternoon. And it might seem like a small thing for for some of the kids get to run around on a grass field, but our kids don't get to do that yeah. stuff, right? Some of them don't get to go outside of the 10-block radius of where they live and go to school. Um, so it's very impactful. And again, the parents loved it and they rave about it. I always joke two years ago, we did it for the first time, that I thought nobody would come back after the first day. Because it's a long day, it's exhausting, but everyone loved it. They had fun, um, and they get to work on their skills and, and meet kids in the program that they might not otherwise meet because of different age groups. Um, and we also have some special guests join us at those camps. So last year, uh, then Boston College Captain Marshall Lauren joined us. He's the first black captain at Boston College. Um, he's going to Michigan next year. 
Uh, and he also joined us again this year, along with Ross Mitten, who's a player of color at Colgate University. Just really great role models for our kids who dedicate their time to show our kids that they can do it, but also talk to them about it um, and just go out and have fun together on the ice. Yeah, you don't think about that, right? The kids at Harlem don't get to go up in the field very often. Right now, I have that camp there. That's a beautiful location, too. You are, you're right. It's out in the woods. Yes, and I'm volunteering Tom next year. He's come, he's going to come down for a day. I'd love to. Yes, absolutely. Are you kidding me? For one day? I want more than one day. Go for more. So what's next, Malik? Any new plans or grow it bigger or change things around? What do you plan for ice hockey in Harlem? So as it stands now, we serve 175 boys and girls. Um, every year we'll take in 45 to 60 new kids. Um, that's sort of our model. Are they coming to our Learn to Skate program? Um, so we have a Learn to Skate program for first-year players, a Learn to Play program for second-year players, and then we field five teams, five competitive teams between eight U and team U. Um, so right now, our focus on qu- is quality over quantity. Like I said, we don't have a home rate. So our thing is finding more ice time this year, supplemental ice time, whether it's at the Harvey School or a professional practice rank, finding supplemental ice time, growing on that. But also, uh, as I mentioned, offering homework help and tutoring and things like that, that we also want to get done, um, helping our seniors with college placement. Um, I spoke about our event. All of our graduating seniors are off to college next year, something that's very important to us. Um, it doesn't have to be college. It can be trade school. It can be going and getting a job. Um, just taking the next step into adulthood. Um, so for us, for us, we're looking to grow our offerings for the current participants we have. So it's already come to ice hockey hall. You get to practice twice a week, play games on the weekends. You get to skate in a professional arena and you get to go on a college visit. So we're, we're trying to, um, streamline that for all of our participants. Um, and we're definitely looking to grow partnerships, um, with, with, uh, like-minded organizations. So we have corporate sponsors. We have three corporate sponsors. Um, Delta, Chase, and Benjamin Moore, as we mentioned. So Delta, uh, you know, they help us get our kids to summer camp in the summer. We send, every summer we send about a dozen or so of the most deserving kids to sleepaway camps. Uh, Some of them are week-long hockey camps in Canada. Some of them are eight-week-long camps in Maine. Um, And Delta helps us fly those kids to these locations. Um, We we send kids in Canada to Sylvan Lake, which is in Calgary, um, at Teen Ranch, which is in Ontario. And I'll tell you, um, it's funny because I always joke with the Delta guys about it too, but these kids come back from Canada and they want to move there every time, <laughs> every yeah, time. It's all hard. Yeah. Sylvan Lake's a beautiful area, man. Out in Calgary there. Wow. wow. It's that's a great awesome. area. Um, again, all about broadening their horizons, letting them know what's out there. Yeah, that's not true, right? Yeah. They did go someplace like that. They never would have maybe had a chance to go there before. Now they're, well, that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the biggest need you think you have there? Obviously money is always a need. But is it volunteers more, more kids? What, what would you want more than anything else? So we need more on-ice experiences for our kids. As I said, we lack ice time. We simply cannot find it. We to every rink, we've tapped out sort of uh, any empty ice slots. So so when I say more ice time, hockey experiences, things that we do with um, organizations um, like the Connecticut Junior Rangers or the Union New Jersey Thunder is we get kids of the same age or like age together. They go out, they do practice together, do a clinic together, and have a pizza party after. And again, a positive hockey experience with, A, two groups of kids who might not have ever otherwise interacted, um, sharing the love for a game, sharing the love of the game, sharing it together, getting better together. Um, and it's powerful, like I said. It's it's Our kids might not get to see kids like that or groups of kids like that in their regular life, and it's important for them to interact with people and grow and 
and know that it's okay for people to be different than me, that we can be different, but share love and be nice, share love for ice hockey and be nice to each other and, and have similar experiences, although they come from different backgrounds. Well, that's, you know, that's a great point about you, right? It isn't just for the kids in your program it's for the kids in the other program, right? They're going to get as much from it. So then, so obviously you can go to programs and say, listen, we want to have a practice with your U18 or whatever team it is. And here's what we're offering to it. That's a great idea. I like that a lot. Uh, we should talk to all the programs. Are. I know an organization in Rockland County that's going to do something with these guys. So oh, you're, yeah, you're, we're, we're working on it. Okay. Yeah, we're working on it. Good deal. All right. I'll go to the program here at Greenwich too. I think these kids, because again, Greenwich is one of those places that is not very diverse, right? So it'd be a fantastic program for them too. Oh, that's cool. Good stuff. Yeah, Tom, you'll talk to some people here. You, you know, you're pretty dialed in, in the rinks here, right? A little bit. <laughs> I went to an event the other day. I was telling you, we had a fantastic event, this uh, shoulder check thing. A family lost their 60-year-old uh, son. I'm sure you've heard about this. And uh, some guy was there, some cameraman or something. He says, oh, no surprise you're here. You're at every event that they have for hockey right there. So, yeah, it's fun. You tried to upstage Malik in the commercial. I, I saw that. I don't know. Absolutely. I'm not going to let him take front stage. I mean, I, I've got to be front center. Absolutely. You know. <laughs> Well, Malik, I got to tell you, this is a fan. I, I really enjoy your, like your enthusiasm with the two you're talking here now. Like you can tell this is your passion, right? This isn't just a job for you. This is something you're very passionate about. It's cool. Good stuff. I'm sure you're helping a lot of kids. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's also something that we talk to the kids about. It's that you don't have to be, the end goal doesn't have to always be playing division one ice hockey or playing in the NHL. You can make a living off of ice hockey in different capacities, whether it's ticket sales or a team manager anything of that nature. If you love the game and you want to stick around and you want to have a positive impact on the game, it, it, there are several ways you can do it. What I like too with the hockey is like we do the clinics and everything. The kids get out there at first and they can't ski to they're afraid or whatever. Uh, and they say, I, like I use example with me, this when I first started, I couldn't ski very well at all. A lot of people say I couldn't ski very well when I was in the NHL either, but I played for 11 years. So they look at me and go, really? So now they, they, as the time goes on, now they get comfortable skating. You can tell that in their eyes they're going, I couldn't do this before. Now I could do it all. So to me, that's one of the best things for all these kids. No matter what they do in their lives, it's whether it's a personal life, whether it's hockey, their career, whatever they they learn to do things they couldn't do before. Which I think is fantastic. Absolutely, another great lesson getting out of your comfort zone. Yes, there you go. There you go. You're speaking Tom's language. Yeah. So Tom's here. It's not too hot today, but I have this thing. I, I won't let myself use air conditioning. So I say to people, listen, you don't really have to use. You get used to saying I have to have it. So up here at my studio, I have to close the windows and everything. So it's. Get a little toasty in here sometimes, but not too bad. Out of that comfort zone. Oh yeah, out of the comfort zone. Yeah, cold, cold showers. All that's great. See, what I like is too, like you said, it isn't just about the hockey. It's the whole psychological thing too. That building stronger people, teaching them they can do things that they couldn't do. We'll get them out, get them out of their their comfort zone. Being Harlem is now now they're in Silver Lake, uh, Calgary. I can't even imagine the kids first time they go from Harlem now to Calgary, Alberta. It's like what a different world that is. Fantastic. Really, busing is obviously an issue for you guys too because you have to get this large group of kids to these rinks, right? How, how are you guys handling that? Yes. So we provide transportation to everything outside of the borough. Uh, kids get to law and rink on their own just because it would probably take longer to bus kids out Fifth Avenue right. Right. Um, in the subway. But we are. So we practice our World Ice Arena on 19 Tuesdays um, from November through March. It's 38 ice slots. And with those 38 ice slots, we also have to, um, we provide, 38 school buses for the kids to practice wow. to get to oh. practice um anyone who knows school buses or any buses knows they're not cheap um but it works you know our kids show up and and we always meet and take off and return to one Tet street and lennox avenue um with lasker rank right in the background um and it works but yes it is it is very costly to 
um, to bus kids out. And and like I said, on top of the added um, ice time cost. Sure. So things like the bus company, do they work with you on pricing, like give you a better deal? So we are fortunate that we use HJ Harlem Jets transportation um, for those for our buses to practices and games. Um, they are a local nonprofit as well that teach kids in the neighborhood football. Um, so just funny enough, I was at the storage unit one day. We we store our equipment in storage, um, and I see this guy carrying coolers and all the sports equipment and all that. I introduced myself to him, and lo and behold. He runs the Harlem Jets, and they have buses that we can rent. Uh, Malik, I, I got to tell you, it's very impressive. You as a person, your passion for what you're doing, uh, and you're a great example for the kids, right? You're not just setting up uh, these programs for them. They can actually look at you and say, well, there's a guy that actually did it. And look at him now, right? See how successful he is. So you should be very proud of yourself, proud of what you put together and have been a part of. So great to have you on the show, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. And like I said, um, there was a generation that paved the way before me. Um, those guys that Tom mentioned, um, who play roll hockey on 96th street, those are the guys, uh, and my brother, they're all around his age who I idolized growing up, right? Yes. I love Pavel Bure. I love Theo Fleury, but I also idolized the kids in my neighborhood who I saw playing ice hockey and who I saw getting good at it. And I saw their passion for it and their willingness to work hard and go out in the schoolyard and play hockey. It didn't have to be hockey practice or hockey season for them to be playing hockey. Um, I got one, for the game. One complaint, though, like you mentioned, Pavel Burry, you didn't mention Tom Laidlaw at all, right? You didn't. <laughs> Do you be like me? You're a smart man. You're a smart man. Everybody loves no, it. Home that's it. Pavel Burry and uh, Theo Fleury are more more along the lines of my body exactly. type. There you go. There you go, brother. Great to see you. Great job by you. And anything we can do to help you, we'll uh, have you on the show again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great chatting with you. Yeah. Thanks, Willie. Thanks. Uh, we are uh, we are uh, roaring here. We are recording. That was like a, a Swedish Norwegian kind of that. Just, we're going through. It's like the Epcot Center of languages, and you're failing at all of them. They're all this like Canadian farm boy. This is the difference between you and I. In my mind, there's no such thing as failure. I'm just working on it. Oh, uh, fair. Okay, look, that's a good approach. You're just missing the mark, man. You're, yeah, it's it's okay. It's a process. Look, you take a hundred shots. The hundred first one goes in. Right? Is that what it is? Process. So speaking of process, we had on uh, we just had on Malik Garvin, executive director of Hockey in Harlem. I saw what a passion he's got. Wow. It's such a great organization. It you know started by Todd Levy and Pat Hickey and uh, I think I forget the other gentleman's name who's no longer with the organization, but they do such a great job. Like I said, I've been lucky enough to cross paths with them. I got to go to the camp last year for a day, and I was at the uh, the event, and they just it's just it's just all good. Yeah. Um, well, the things they do, like they take these kids from the inner city, from all all from Harlem, uh, and how he said it was interesting too. They they prefer to take all kids of color, but they're very uh, diverse. Sure. Yeah, um, and uh, and it's all for free. They get it all financed. Uh, they get to, they travel around. They go to tournaments, yep. uh, camps, and stuff. Yeah, I mean the difference they're making at lives right there that's incredible. They, and, and again, his passion, man, that's just, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty uh, great move to say, you know what, I want to run this organization one day, and that's yeah. awesome that he got to do it. And they they do such good things. Everything is covered for the kids, and you know, in Canada, you grew up with it. It's there. You you have this equipment, there's abundance here. It's not. And especially for these kids who would never have a chance to play. You don't realize. Yeah. And you're obviously we're hockey fans. We're not fans of the game, but we're more hockey uh, fans of what hockey does for young people in particular, right? Help them grow, realize they can fight through things, get out of the comfort zone, all those things. And Malik talks about all those things. You can tell he really has a very real, real understanding of the difference they're making kids. Absolutely. Make. I mean, think about it. This, this is how many pros, 600 pros. Yeah. And how many people play hockey? A, a million. Yeah. 
So there's, you know, the experience you get from this, and you know, we said it to, we said this before, but the guys who get on the show say what they miss most is the room, the guys in the room. It was time, and that goes for pros, college, men's league, yeah. mites, whatever. They you you miss that that feeling of just being in the room with the guys or the girls, and it's yeah. you know, yeah, like, to be a part of it. You know, and have yes. fun together, experiences, traveling, all those things too. Yeah. So just to see these kids, like some of the kids at the camp were, were very good at some were first time on the ice. Yeah. And it's just great to see. Like you, you mentioned that too. You do a lot of learn to play stuff with the Rangers. Just see that, like, yeah. that glow in their eyes, you know, their eyes when they get on the ice. Right. Awesome. I should probably do a better job, like, filming a young person when they first get on the ice, that filming them when they're coming off. Like the, dif- the difference in their confidence level, their fun, their sweat, you know, they get snow over. And they're moving and they, I can do this. They're doing something and it's super cool. And this is such a great organization. Anybody who listens and wants to help volunteer, that donates money. It's just a great thing to do to, to keep this hockey and Harlem program. So, so yep, that's a good point for you. They've got their own website, Ice Hockey at Harlem. Go to that. They've got a donate button. Really, because pretty proud of that big donate button they yeah. got there. Well, sure. But again, if you don't have the finances to donate money, there's a lot of things you can do. Donate your time. Uh, transportation is a need for them. You so can help. Yep. And I'm sure most people listen to the show. Hockey's had an impact on their life, yeah. some form or fashion. And you know, this is a way you can give back to someone and give them that experience. Yeah. You know. Great show. Great yeah. to have him on. Great passion. We feel good about that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Great, great organization. Good job. Awesome. All right, Grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.